Oh, Stamati, we're back for another episode. Yeah, two are, blokes mate. in the pod. It, it hasn't been feeling like two blokes in the pod lately. It's, no, we've had a few. We've uh, had like back to back guests. <laughs> um, it's been really good, really good. Last week was hilarious. It was. Um, the outcome of having rags on the. Uh, um, on the, on oh, the show? I, I, hold that thought because I have to tell you a funny story about the rags. But um, after having him on the show. Uh, he invited me to go uh, do a couple of, uh, you yes, know, laughs yes, with him. Yes, yes. Um, and our next guest is uh, heavily involved in those laughs. But I'll tell you what, did I have a laugh? It looked like you had a bit of fun. I, I, I did see those uh, those couple of clips there and uh, it looked like you were enjoying yourself a, a bit too one. much. <laughs> <laughs> it was all natural. Oh, It yes. was all natural. I yes. wasn't even told what to do. It was like just... <laughs> All right, this is the concept. This is what we want. I'm like, yep, no worries. Done. Yep, God. Yeah, mate. And one take, yeah. The, that Aussie <laughs> neighbour one. Holy shit! I'm like, <laughs> oh, I should be the Greek, but I actually pulled off the Aussie quite well. I reckon I did. <laughs> um, it was really good. It was really good. But look, um, I reckon what we'll do. Let's get into our episode because it's jam packed. Yep. I'm so goddamn excited tonight because um, we have a superstar. We in do. the studio with we us. We do. Absolute superstar. <laughs> All right. So should we get it rolling? Let's get it rolling, yeah. mate. This is, this is Two Blokes in a Pod. Hey, what is that? The podcast where, well, it's a bit of this, a bit of that. I don't understand. Just blokey laughs and blokey chats. Okay. Whatever it is, let's get started. And we're here, we're here, we're here. Hey, Kieran, welcome to the podcast. What's going on, guys? Thank you so much for having me. Uh, thanks for coming this along. This guy guys. is um, a very well-known face in Adelaide. Well, um, well, you know, we've got 330,000 followers. 330,000 followers on TikTok, 110K on Facebook, and about 35 on Instagram. Yeah, now, did this all start from 2020? No, so I've been doing, and I've got 28K on YouTube as well. I've been doing social media now for about, what, since I was about 11 years old. Yeah, and it yeah, started right. really in my backyard where I'd get Nerf guns and yep. I'd do, like, make short films. And ever since I was probably, like, 10 or 9, I knew that I always wanted to make short films or movies. That was my big thing. So I said, stuff to haters, I'm just going to make a YouTube channel. And this was back in the YouTube day where everyone wanted to be a YouTuber. Like, when, like, 11-year-olds would say, that's my dream job. I don't want to be an astronaut anymore. That's what I want to do. So I said to my in about year seven that's it i'm gonna do it and it got even to the point where people were playing my um youtube clips at school and they were like oh you're such like a loser don't do that and i was like no nah, i know what i'm doing this is what i want to be and this is what i want to do so i made them and they were nerf gun short form videos that would get like five ten views but i was loving what i was doing and then it probably hit about like year eight or nine where I was like, yeah, I'm kind of past the Nerf gun videos now. Let's just stop for a bit. <laughs> and then really a big motivator for me was in 2015 when a YouTuber called Casey Neistat started his YouTube vlog. And that just really changed everything for me because I watched that first vlog and it was very similar to how I wanted to do like short films and film creation and all that type of stuff. And I remember saying to myself, if I don't do this now, I'm going to... A, regret it in 10 years or I'm just like not going to be able to fulfill my passion. So the first vlog I filmed was at the start of 
year 12 in 2016 and I'd just gotten this camera which is like a $400 shitty camera from like Dick Smith or whatever it was and I said to myself I'm just going to up- there's a name Dick I've heard in a while what's it called now Kogan yeah something yeah, like is that, that still yeah. around well JB's brought up everyone that's what <laughs> <laughs> let's be real um, but yeah I remember doing that and I had no idea and I remember filming the whole thing and thinking man this is really great this is I'm going to be viral and then I look back at the footage and all the footage was blue and no. I was saying to myself, the white balance is off, Kieran. What are you doing? And it was a really good story. It was about like how we're just going to like hang out. And I said to myself, no, don't do it. Like, don't upload it. And mum said to me, nah, just upload it. Just see what happens. Uploaded it, got 500 views. And oh. at that point, I'd only had like two subscribers. Now, a lot of the people were commenting saying the footage is blue. But I was like, whatever, let's just do it. And then my big goal with that was is that I was going into year 12 and I wanted to be able to look back 10 years on my final year of school. That was like a big thing for me. So I recorded everything. I recorded my life, recorded my friends, recorded my school formal. And it kind of became this thing where at the start of the year, I was this loser that was doing YouTube where I got to halfway through the year and I got 500 subscribers and I was known as the guy that was doing these YouTube videos. And people would um, get me to film interviews at school. They'd get me to film the Formal, all that type of stuff. And I kind of got to the thing where I was a bit of an outsider, really, for those early days of doing those YouTube content creations to really being this guy of, oh, yeah, Kieran's a YouTube guy, I know him, and doing that. And it was really good because earlier in like those days I was getting bullied a lot for doing that type of stuff because it was like out of the box I wasn't a jock like look at me Uh, and so yeah it was really good for that that's when I kind of knew which was like August of 2016 I was like this is what I have to do and this is what I'm put onto this earth to do and then I said to myself well how can I make this happen and pretty much every man and his dog at that point was like I'm going to do YouTube as well so I said let's condense down my thinking and let's go do a uni degree and lock that down because really I couldn't have cared less if I'd done the uni degree but mum and dad were like you're doing a uni degree so I was like pick the one that's like the closest (laughs) to what I want to do which was film and content creation and I went on the first day and I was like I don't know if I like this and I fell in love with it had the best three years at uni met all my best mates Got pissed drunk every weekend. That's why you liked uni, wasn't it? From what he remembers of it anyway. Correct, correct, correct. Didn't learn anything about film, but definitely knew how to mix the vodka. Correct. Oh my God, yeah. Oh my God, mate. I was was actually working at Woolies three nights a week and that was funding my weekend. So I would do three shifts and 300 bucks and I would go out with the boys on the weekend and we'd just pee away. Nice. Um, And it was good because I wasn't paying rent at that point either. And then, yeah, I graduated with high distinction, ironically, even though I was drunk every week. Weekend, uh, from uni and then I was like fuck I have to get a real job what am I going to do, do now and I submitted my final uh, um, not test but assignment for uni mm-hmm. on October and then the day after Big Brother auditions came out oh, yeah. and I okay. was a big survivor person always loved survivor always loved the strategy behind that with people like backstabbing people and all that type of stuff so I was like look they said that it was a new format where you would be evicting people so I kind of thought okay this would be great did the audition tape hungover and then the rest of the story happened from there. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So, so tell me what it was like getting the call. So it was, it was a really crazy experience because you think when you're applying for something like that, it's going to be you'll find out in a month, yes or no. It was apply, then it was probably three months worth of steps straight wow. up. Wow. Yeah, so you went to 
applying, you got a phone call, and I just literally sold my soul on that phone call and was like, I'll do anything you want if you give me a shot. And the guy could obviously tell that I would be good for that. So he was like, cool, you're through to the next round. Got an email, and I was like... Um, so, like, sorry, how many people like applied, oh, and then the yeah. next stage, next stage? So all up, when we all got in the house, 58,000 people applied, Jeez. and 24 of us were chosen, which was like... Winning the lottery for me. I was like, wow. crap. Yeah, I can't believe this. And, um, yeah, then when in the early stages, I got called to the festival centre to do, like, a cattle call, they call it. And 300 people rock up to one session, and there are three sessions throughout the day. So you think I'm up against 900 people here, what's going on? And you go through these steps. But I knew I was in for a really good shot because I rocked up to that audition and there were these... Were you pissed drunk? No, no. Oh, okay. I was sober for this All one. Right. I was sober for this one. <laughs> Just checking. Just, Just checking. checking. <laughs> um, no, I made sure that um, I was, yeah, sober for that one. And I... <laughs> And, uh, I rocked up into this room, huge room in the festival centre, and they had these colours on the wall with seats. And I, the front row was blue, and there was only four seats there. So I thought, I'm not going to get anywhere near that. It's all good. I'll probably be near the back, probably not going to get any further. Well, walked up to the woman at the front, and I said, she said, what's your name? I said, Kieran Davidson. She goes, you're in the blue seats. Far I was like, out. I'm in the front row here of 300 people. That must mean something. Got called through, and you're sitting like a producer like we are now, and they're like, Tell me everything. You've got two minutes or we're kicking you out. And I'm like, I'm doing, I can do this. I can do this. I can backstab. I want to be the villain. I don't care about my reputation. I want to go on this show and literally lie, cheat, manipulate people. And producers just sitting there like, holy crap, this guy's like amazing because he'll give us TV gold. He'll do whatever he said. And she's like, cool, that's exactly what I want to hear. Then I got cut down to 20 of 300 in the next room. And it was the same thing where it was like- The same day? This is all the same day. This is like a four, five and a half hour process you're going through. Wow. And got put through to the next room and the woman, the executive producer was sitting there and she said, okay, I'm going to give you each a topic and you have to talk to me in front of everyone for two minutes off the top of your head. This is 25 people. This is 25 people after being in the room of 300. I'm like, this is my shot. i got to do it. Fucking getting this. Correct, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, okay, I'm going to give you a topic and it's going to be a TED talk and you have to t- like act as if it's your TED talk. And I got... Trees talking to each other. Oh, fuck I'm like, fuck me. You've got to be kidding me, man. So she's like, go. Stumble my way through it. Stutter. Stuff up the entire thing. Blank. Tell me what you said. I was like, trees talk to one another because they're part of the environment and dogs love them and all this. That's all I remember. I blacked out pretty much. I was like, what's going on here? Yeah, (laughs) talking about trees. Anyway, then Then she's like, sit down. Then she's like, okay, we're going to play this game where we throw a mini ball around the room. You catch the ball. And I'll give you a topic and you have to talk about it. And I got social media. And at that point, oh, my driving videos had already gone viral. So I was like, I'm just going to flex them. And I was like, yeah, I've done 100 million views. I've been on the Today Show project. I've done this, this, this. And I was looking at the executive producer's eyes and you could see her eyes were like lighting up. And I was like, fuck. Then I was like, I've done everything I can. Flex my way through this. Let's just hope and pray it works. Got home because I was so excited from the night before. I didn't sleep at all. So I got home, took a nap. And while I was asleep, I had a missed call from the executive producer being like, can you come back one-on-one tomorrow? And I was like, holy shit, I might actually get this. Then it was one-on-one. This was like a big uh, executives from Channel 7 were there that had flown in. They were like, this is the time to sell your soul to us and tell us like why you've got to be on. This is going to be the one shot. So... So for that 25 people, were they still in the running now or had it been Well, I don't know. That's down? the thing. So those 25 people walked out with no answer. So then I left, got a call, and I was really good friends. I'd made a friend, of course, because I'm chatting all the time with people. I made a friend in the audition. Her name is Mary. Shout out, Mary, if you're watching this. And, um, and uh, yeah, she, I'm still really good friends with her this day. And I, it was good because I she, she rang me and was like, oh, yeah, like three days later, I haven't heard anything. 
And she was like, what happened with you? I was like, yeah, I didn't hear anything. But thinking in my head, okay, well, she didn't get through. So meaning that they must have cut the 25 to like five. So then went to the one-on-one with the executive producers and just sat down and was like, this is what I can offer you. This is what I can do. And we're going to go in there big. Like, because they wanted, they were very scared, I think, about this new format because they yeah. signed on with it. And Big Brother was a, is a big name in reality. Yeah, TV. of course. So just a pause for yeah, a sec. Yeah. This Sorry is if the, I'm chatting too fast as well. No, no, no. Is this the first time that Channel 7 had picked up the program? Yes, yes. They, yeah. were, they were shit scared. That, yeah. Like in the audition. Because it was on Channel 10 and it stopped and for a, a few years. It bombed. Yeah. There it, was so a gap. It was yeah. really good. It went really well on Channel 9 with like your Tim Dormers, your, uh, your uh, Reggie was on 9, I can't remember, 10 back in the day. They were all doing well until about 2013. They did the 2014 season. And it all went to shit. It like their audience dropped. So, so they would roughly get, I think it was like five million viewers, which for TV is like fucked. Five million live consecutive viewers watching every season opening night. I think it was, and I think it dropped to like five hundred thousand on Fuck. opening night of two thousand fourteen. Which is the one where they literally cut halfway through? Was there one that they, they that, that was the last season? Was it they stopped halfway through the season and they just dropped the show? That was like last season, yeah. So the yeah, that's last season. That's that the, with, last that's with that's twenty twenty two. I'll tell you about that in a bit. Yeah, okay. no, I've got all the info there as well. Um, yeah. So then that was all good. They did five hundred thousand two thousand fourteen, and then axed it. And mm. then going back to my audition, you're right. This is the first time they'd picked it up, and they were from the impression that I got walking to that room. It was like we have to find twenty four people here that are going to reinvigorate this because we've so. And what got me was, and all the housemates that will agree with this now, is why they didn't bring it back live on Channel Seven where we could evict each other and the audience had some say, they would have had better ratings, but they did it like a survivor, which was great for the 2020 version because we're in the middle of a pandemic and everyone's at home watching TV. So opening night for that, we got 2 million viewers tuning in. Oh, perfect. And now I'm, I'm just like at home, I'm like, yeah, this is great. This is exactly what I wanted. Executive producers rubbing their hands together and they're like, this can be great. Then they launched it in 2021 and I think it went down to like 400,000. So the same thing happened because everyone's out there and having beers, enjoying life, you know what I mean? Because like a pandemic was on. But anyway, going back to my audition, I remember being in the room and she was like walking me through it all and I sold my soul and I was leaving the room and the executive producer looked me dead in the eye and goes, oh, by the way, don't get your license before you go in the house. And I was like, before I go in the house, what do you mean? Am I in? She goes, just don't get your license. That's what I'm going to say. Because they wanted to use my driving videos, oh. my backstory for Big Brother of me going in. So that was like, I hadn't... No idea then. I had no confirmation if I was in, but that was like a big green tick for me. Oh, 100%. And I walked down, I rang mum and dad, I was like, what do you think? Because they're kind of like, they've got a bit of a media background as well. And they were like, yeah, we reckon you're in. We'll start, like, we got to start like prepping for you're going to be going. Then there was nothing for eight weeks. Nothing. Didn't hear from them about uh, anything. I thought, fuck, I haven't gotten anything. They didn't give you like a... They got me a sheet. Oh, no. Well, the next, day, the next day, I had to uh, fill out all this medical forms, send it back, and they said, we'll be in touch. Didn't hear anything for eight weeks. And uh, I'm... You, at this point, you still didn't... Oh, so you, at this point, you still didn't know whether you were in or not. No, nah, no. Nah, I'm just assuming, assuming I'm in you're from in. Her, her comment. Yeah. So I'm like, whatever. Anyway, nothing. Well, maybe not eight weeks. Maybe six weeks. It was, it was a long time. It was longer than a month. I remember hitting a month and saying to my best mate, Reuben, nah, I'm not in. Um, and then I got a call randomly and it was like, hi, this is Ashley from Big Brother. And I was thinking to myself, you're, this will be the like denial call. This is, you're not, you're not in. Thank you very much for your time. She's like, can you jump on a phone call with our psychologist tomorrow? And I'm like, 
psychologist am I still in the running she's like yeah we've had like Christmas and stuff and it's been really busy but no you're in the for Australia wide you're in the top 30 and I'm like Ooh. and there's how many how many contestants 24 so I'm like I'm so close now like what's going on now this is like so if he wasn't in the first lot he'd be in as an intruder intruder, intruder. that's <laughs> what I was thinking yeah so then it got to like early January this is early January now now remember I, I auditioned for them late September so oh, I've been shit. waiting for a long time. And the, when wow. I did the final forms that I told you about, the medical forms, that was probably, well, that would be probably end of October. So I've waited a good month and a bit to hear from these people. I'm like, psychologists, like, I'm, like and I, I, I started interviewing for marketing jobs. I was like, I'm moving on. Like, I'm not in. Yeah, yeah. And she was like, I was like, why is it taking you so long? Like, I've, I'm like, I've got a few job interviews this week. And she's like, Kieran, don't go to the job interviews. Go on the call. And I'm like, well, okay. That's given me more indication. Got on the call and you have to do like an interview with a psychologist before you go on these things to make sure that you're not like criminally insane and you're not going to stab people <laughs> when you get in the house. I think that's the vibe I got. She was like- Is that enough I, for police clearance? Yeah, no, well, no, there was a police check that you did have to do yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. And I thought to myself, and she asked me like, um, have you had any like murderous thoughts? And I was like, I laughed. And she's like, no, no, I'm serious. I'm like, okay, wow, all right. So they were like asking questions, like finding out if like you're a psychopath. That was the analysis I had. Don't sue me, Endemol Shana. I was just that's just the Endemol I had. Um, that's just the assumption I had of what was happening. But <laughs> did yeah. he sign an NDA? Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm good. I'm out of the NDA now. It's been okay. four years. We're all good. Um, so uh, yeah, and then it was another three weeks, and we're coming up to probably around this time of year that we are now. It was probably the 20th of January, and I said to Mum, "I've like I've auditioned for this at the end of September, and I'm still waiting." And then I got the call. It was I was hungover, ironically. I'd gone out the night before, stupid me, because I thought I'm not going to get it. Woke up to the phone ringing and then I answered and I'm like, I thought this will be it. This is the call. Because I had, every time they rang me, I had Big Brother 1, Big Brother 2, Big Brother 5, Big Brother 6 saved on my phone. So this was Big Brother EP pick up as the contact. And I was like, yeah. okay, shit, this is going to be it. So I answered, hello, deadline. I'm like, hello, deadline, nothing. Hang up. I'm like, well, maybe they weren't meant to ring me. Get a text from her. Hey, sorry, reception is really bad. Can I call you back in two minutes? And I'm like, serious right now? You guys are in a multi-million yeah, dollar show. You can't get a yeah, can't good get line. Good reception. She brings me back and she goes, oh, Kieran, how are you? This is the woman that said to me, don't get your driver's license. This is her. She's the big boss of the whole show. And she goes, oh, um, Kieran, how you been? Like the fluff talk. And I'm like, yeah, I've been Cut great. Cut the shit, Cut man. Cut the shit and tell me if I'm in <laughs> or if I'm out. And she goes, you're in. I'm like, what do you mean I'm in? And she's like, you leave in a month. Get your shit together. And I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah, we're booking your plane ticket today. We'll send it to you. You leave on Feb 20th and you're going in the house on the 24th. I'm like, fuck me. And I was, I was seen to be, I was like, oh, thank you so much. And I hung up the phone. I was seen to be going, yes, you're at my entire house. <laughs> my dog was losing it. And then I'd play, I said to my mum the night before, when, before I'd gone out, if I get a call tomorrow, I'll ring you at work. So I instantly rang her and she said, she's a teacher. So she's like, kids, keep, keep drawing. Yeah, hello. And I'm like, oh, um, no, nah, I didn't get it. Just to fuck with it. Yeah. She goes, oh, it's all right. I'm, I'm just kidding. I got it. And she's, she's like screaming down the phone. I'm like, oh my God. And they were really happy, really supportive. And then it was, um, yeah, get your shit together, pack. Had to send them all photos of like what I was, what I'd wear in the house. I had to approve everything I was wearing, oh, okay. uh, all these clothes. And then they had to come film my backstory at my house. So five and a half hour interview where you sit down and you just, producers just fire questions at you like, how are you going to win the game? How are you going to backstab people? All that type of stuff. And then, yeah, got in on the 20th and I was the first person in. And I was like, 
Yes, is I this, remember is, this. Is this a fucking dream? I, like, yeah. I was running around and they had they deliberately put – and they gave me like a secret mission and all that stuff on night mm-hmm. one. And I got in there and I was like – I didn't really believe I was – and the thing was too is that I told my some of my best friends I was in – Went on a night out and then it had gone around in the beer garden and I was going to be on Big Brother. I'm like, oh, fuck me, I'm not going to... Like, I didn't actually believe I was in until I was in the house because I thought Adelaide's a small place. People will tell people and mm. people will tell people. Mm. And then got you're in... You're not allowed to tell anyone? No, nah, I'm not allowed to tell okay. anyone except your family. But, of course, you get on the beers and I was just like to my mate Reverend, yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, but <laughs> the, I'm not a part of the NDA anymore. We're all good. Um, so, uh, yeah, then I was in the house for... Probably, if I'm talking too much, sure, let me know. No, <laughs> so no, no, keep no, going, yeah. mate. Roll was, with it, roll with it. I was in the house for three and a half weeks, and then we got the called into like the diary room, and there was we, 24, in probably about three and a half weeks, because someone got evicted every second day. Yes. From, and I was nominated eight times. So I was losing my shit thinking I was going to go home every time. So I would just like do everything I can. And I was known as the cockroach in my season because they couldn't kill me. That was like the, the, like they couldn't evict me because I'd always be up for nomination but I would always convince the right amount of people to keep me in it. So then we got three and a half weeks in and we got called into the diary room during the day. And now we had these things called off days. So we're called off days where the cameraman had one day off per week and it was just the wall cameras in the house. So you weren't – the big thing about – Big Brother was as you would always talk about um, strategy and who you're going to evict with people. But on these off days, you couldn't. You weren't allowed to. Which for me did my head in because it was the only thing that would keep me like sane, like enjoying the day, like giving me something to do. Boredom was huge. You couldn't sleep during the day either in there because they would always want to be filming. So I would go up to someone and I'd be like, oh, let's evict so-and-so. And then big like a producer's voice come over and be like, Kieran, stop talking about strategy. And I'm like... Anyway, on this day, I forgot called into the diary room and the executive producer was like, oh, we're going to have to put the game on hold. And we're like, what? What do you mean the game? Well, we've got two and a half weeks left where one of us is going to win a quarter of a million dollars. And she's like, yeah, COVID-19. And we're like, what's COVID-19? Because we'd, we'd... Of we'd, course, you would have been in the house we, when it became big. We, we, we flew over... I flew over on a packed plane like this on January 20th and then three and a half weeks later, I'm in the house hearing about... People stealing. We didn't believe it. Sonia Kruger said to us in the eviction room, people are fighting over toilet paper. And we all laughed. And she goes, no, no, no. It's like serious out here. And then the executive producer was like, these are the case numbers. And for someone like, I'm not sure if you've ever been told something where you just physically can't understand what they're meaning. That was us. Because being told that people are like, hundreds of thousands of people are sick and COVID-19, you didn't really believe it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You were just like... So- when you were in the house yeah. and you just get told that hundreds of thousands of people, yeah. what was the first thing that crossed your mind? Like a zombie well, apocalypse or yeah, something? Yeah, I, like, no, I was like, so what do you mean people are infected? And they're like, yeah, there's case numbers. And my biggest thing was like, fuck, I hope my parents are okay, my sister's okay, because my dad has an autoimmune disease just like I do as well. So he would be like really immune to it. And they let us do a phone call, which they showed on TV. And when the executive producer was talking to us, they dubbed in Big Brother's voice. So it was kind of all that. And they showed it all on TV. And spoke to mum and dad, they were all good. But we were like, it really hit me because when I eventually got evicted and took 15K off the prize money and like this whole twist thing that happened, when I was walking, they dropped me, they picked me up from the house, this minder after I'd been evicted, was like, do not read the news for 12 hours, you'll be too overwhelmed, but here's your phone. I'm like, fuck that, I'm going to read the news. And I'm reading through all this shit about COVID and I'm like, fuck me, what is going on here? Tom Hanks has it, the Queen has it, like all this shit. And then I was like, oh, it'll be fine. Like, it won't affect me. And it really hit me when I got to Sydney Airport and I was the only person in the whole domestic terminal. And I was in the whole Sydney domestic terminal, Qantas. And I was like, 
oh, fuck, this is really serious. And when I mean only person, like only person, there was one security guard on, like for the security for the plane, and like no one around. And then you walked in the actual terminal, all the coffee shops are closed, and it was just a big, I might have a photo that I can send you guys too, but it was like a big like tunnel where you walk down like the tunnel to the gates and stuff. No one, all dead. So then I rocked, the up plane. To the, rocked up to the gate, and then I found out that, I was the only one that was early because people were rocking up like two minutes before the flight because COVID, right? Then when, now when I say people rocking up to the flight, there were 10 people that rocked up. So like we all, like I've never been on a plane that empty before. Now this is like, to me, this That'd is huge. sketchy, man. To me, this is huge because I've flown over to Sydney on a totally packed plane and everything was fine. Now I'm flying home to the zombie apocalypse and I'm like, what's going on here? Um, so yeah, that was, that was crazy. And then when it really hit me was our plane was descending on the flight back to Adelaide. And the pilot goes, yeah, sorry. Like, oh, we are, like, you know, in that descent, we can see the airport, you can see the ground. The pilot was like, sorry, guys, we're going to have to kick this bird back up to cruising altitude. There's been a COVID outbreak at Adelaide Airport. And the guy just literally kicked it straight back up, back to Sydney. No. Like, Whoa, fuck, this is really serious. Like, that was when the baggage handlers in Adelaide, there was a huge breakout. Yes, yes. That was in 2020. And that was when, and then I was like, fuck me, how am I going to get back? And they're like, well, you could drive. And I'm like, I don't fucking drive. You know this. And you told like, me not to get my yeah, fucking yeah, license. You told me not to get my fucking license. I'm like, you serious? <laughs> and um, then she's like, oh, my better get a minder back for you. And then. Uh, Stephen Marshall, the then Premier, said, everyone, you've got 12 hours to get back to Adelaide. We're closing the border and no one's coming back in. So then there, I've never seen, like, production people scurry so much. They're just like, fucking, can we get him on a plane? Yeah. And then they managed to get... It was the most... Then, on the flight back, it was more packed because that news, everyone was trying to get back. Got back and I was like, thank fuck, I'm home. Saw mum and dad for the first time. Couldn't hug them, though, because I was like, might have COVID from Sydney. They weren't sure. So they have a bedroom and an ensuite and they let me sleep in there. I had to quarantine for two weeks oh, in the room. Remember that but shit. it was great. Production. Oh, so this is pre having to um, quarantine in the hotel. Yeah, correct. Yeah, right. Just before, like it was literally a week and a half before they brought it in, thank God. And um, it was great because every day I was watching Netflix, I was getting paid from the production company because in our contract, it was when we originally signed it, if there were any inconvenience, we will cover how much you'd been earning per day. And at that time I was in just like a marketing job and I just based it off what I was earning. So I was like, yeah, I would roughly earn $250 a day. And I'm like, cool, we'll pay you 250 bucks a day every day you're in lockdown. So I made like over two grand for two weeks just sitting in lockdown watching Netflix. It was great. So they paid me for that. And then, yeah, it was crazy. Wow. Well. So that's like the whole eviction story and getting back. But yeah, it was surreal. So how many people were left in the house when you got evicted? Five others. Five others. But right. I, So my big thing was, is I got evicted in a fake eviction in the house and they put me in a room all white. Clothes, yeah. food, everything. And I was like, stay in here as long as you can. The twist was another housemate came in and the whole thing was, we're offering you to either go back in and finish the game or we're going to put a money counter up on the screen and the first person to click it gets the money. And me being naive, not knowing anything about COVID, I thought 15 grand or be able to get some new equipment, can do a really nice family holiday with my family and that'd be great. Got out, couldn't do the family holiday. I was like, oh, good. And I found out I wouldn't get paid the money until it was after airing anyway. So I was like, okay, whatever. And then, yeah, so there were five people left when I left then. But so you walked away with a bit of money. 15, 15. Yeah, grand. okay. 15, five, 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 and they paid you... 1500 a week you're in there. So yeah, I walked in, walked away with about 25, yeah, all up. Wow. Not including the brand deals and stuff after that happened. That was that was way more, but yeah, after it aired, but yeah, beforehand just yeah, easy 25, which was nice so, for 6 weeks work, which was really good. So you leave Big Brother. Mm. What happens to you then? 
Well, then what it, opportunities did it? Yeah, give you? huge. So then it was then there was a month where we were told not to. All the housemates were told not to speak to each other because there was a lot of beef. Because I'd thrown you under the bus to get you evicted, and you've now found out that I've fucked your chance over. So everyone pretty much hated each other. But we all like had this. We had this Instagram group chat that production pretty much said don't do. And everyone, all the housemates came in and then the episode started airing and people started Oh, going, it wasn't live. No, it wasn't live. So we got to watch ourselves back on TV. So so from the, the time that you went in... Yeah. All recorded. Finished. Finished. Yeah, finished. A month. And then it, a month and then it aired. Oh, that would be hectic. Yeah. So yeah. for a month. <laughs> See, and that's not like the original Big Brother where it was live. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Like the audience had a say in... Correct. In the outcomes. Fuck. Yeah. yeah all right. So a month, a month, and then it airs, and they're dropping previews, and you're seeing yourself, but then you get, a, oh, and then when I got out of the house too, I had five, no, 50 messages from people on Messenger being like, where the fuck have you been? Da, da, da. And I had to just, like, I honestly had to play the mental health card and be like, I had to take some time away from social media because that's the only thing people would believe, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't say I was on a job because I'd be like, why didn't you need your phone? You know what I mean? And, but then. <laughs> But then they it got call to, the cops, man, like missing person. Yeah, correct. <laughs> but then it got to the point where one of my friends' friends, who I actually recognised on day one, because when you did the challenges in the show, you did these big eviction challenges. You actually went on a bus where they blindfolded you and drove you down the street to this separate warehouse, and you walk into this huge warehouse, and there's this huge nomination challenge. On the first day, I look up, and there's my best friend's friend's mate. And he points at me and I'm like, well, it's definitely going to get out. I'm going to get on now. Because even those those people sign an NDA, he's just going to jump on Snapchat where the messages disappear and tell everyone I know that I'm on. So I had half the messages where so-and-so's told me you're on Big Brother. Is this true? There's been pics leaked of you on Big Brother. Is this true? And we just had to go, nah, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. And then when I got released, those same people messaged me again. was like, I fucking, fucking knew bastard. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you piece of shit. I knew it was you. So, yeah, that was that was crazy. And then he, he messaged me. I got out, got evicted, and he was like... Because I had him on Snapchat too, because he's I'm pretty good mate to him, and he um, messaged me and was like, "Oh, you fucking legend, well done." I wanted it because we had to act as if we didn't know each other too. Because if I had said, "Oh, so and so," like He'd he couldn't get fired, so I was like, I had to act totally like chill that I didn't know him. He's like, "Oh, thanks so much for acting like you didn't know him." When I saw you on day one, I was expecting you to come over and be like, "Hey, how are you?" But I was like, "No." Nah. So yeah, it was fucked, and then it started airing, and people started getting really angry with each other because they're everything you've said in the diary, in the diary room gets done and then i said to mum when i got out i said to her i've said a lot of shit in the diary room like really bad shit about because i wanted to be the villain i wanted the villain editor so i'd be like so and so's a fuckhead i'm gonna evict them they're a prick all that type of stuff in the diary room and i was like fuck so i texted the executive producer the lady who said to me don't get my license the night before it aired and i said is this gonna really like fuck me over am i never gonna be able to get a job ever again is this gonna she's like no we've given you the best editor ever because you gave us the most amazing content so they didn't edit me like a villain at all but they edited me as like this strategist really endearing guy that the audience really liked on the show so i was like so they didn't put any of my bad there's hours of footage of me on the channel 7 hard drive somewhere just ragging on everyone in there (laughs) hours and hours of stuff and and there's probably hours of footage of me shitting as well because they had cameras in the toilets as well. So fuck yeah. no, no oh, well, privacy. Wait. No privacy at all. Yeah. Let me just jump back in real quickly. That's super important. But um, yeah, it was it was wild. Um, yeah. So. Um, go from your last question. What did you say? Uh, no privacy. No privacy. Yeah. None. It was cooked. Wow. Yeah. Really bad. So what, people could 
watch you do anything in that house. So the, in our contract, it said that the cameras would never be viewed by anyone from production, but bullshit, bullshit. Yeah, like they. So they had like the because it was meant to. Be, it was meant to be like if someone's like really upset and they go to the toilet and they're bursting their eyes out crying, then they could be like blah. But it's it's. I googled it after I left the house too, and it was like this is a common thing in reality TV, if you know what I mean. What do you mean? Sorry. Like with privacy, like they have cameras everywhere, like Big Brother UK, oh. Big Brother US, all that type of stuff. And in the new Netflix, the Squid, uh, Squid Game, the challenge recently that came out, which is like Big Brother on steroids based on Squid Game, the TV show. Um, yeah, it's the same thing. So, yeah. Because so w- w- I went to, when I was a lot younger, I went to Gold Coast. Yeah. And that's when they had him in Dreamworld. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> they were saying, oh, look, you know, th- there was cameras in the – in the mirrors yeah. and all that sort of all stuff. That. So yeah, it was like, yeah. wow. so w- where was yours? Mine, mine was in a, uh, I think it was like a $5 million converted shed at Manly. Now when yeah. I say shed, it means the whole interior looks like it's been 14 million, but you look up and there's a huge lighting rig and it's like a bunning shed at the top. That was the whole house. Oh and wow. it was probably the size of, the entire house probably was the entire size of this building, but it was like open plan. So they had like a huge hallway, lounge, Tiny-ish backyard, pool, bedroom, and then the dye room. That was it. Because it was their first season in, in my Reboot. Opinion, not, not, reboot. They had limited limited budget. Because the next season you watch, and it's like fucking double the budget and stuff. Because how well ours rated as well. So, yeah, manly. manly. Yeah, right. Yeah, all, um, okay. all done in like a warehouse, yeah. Wow. Pretty much, yeah. And wow. They don't do it there anymore. They filmed that. They moved it to... Uh, it's like I get the oh, wrong. Is Big so Brother still on? Last year, yeah. So they filmed it last year, and it was just a shit show. What sort of ratings were they getting? They did in? it off like eighty thousand people tuned in, which is dog shit. Like eighty thousand. Yeah, I think. I think. Don't quote <clears throat> me on that. I've checked the ratings, but yeah. And it got to the point where they were editing. They were airing double episodes a night just to get it off TV. Because when, you, in my opinion, I don't know for sure. When these networks sign these deals, they have to get it on the air and get it off if they don't like it. You know what I mean? They can't just not air it. Um, they have to air it. Otherwise, they'd lose money. They probably lost money anyway, but they would still have made something, if you know what I mean. So so that's where they – where I was saying before, <clears throat> they cut – I think they – was it they cut it or they sh- they stopped it really early? Yeah, double episode, stopped it. So they did it in – so mine aired across last nine year? weeks. This is – and then theirs was three and a half. Yeah, it was bad. It was real bad. Yeah, and all our, all of us, but like guys that were in the house for even like seasons one and two of our, we call it seasons one and two, but like of the reboot, 20 and 21, that was really good TV because 21 had people like Danny Hayes who was like, who had seen me play, who had seen like Alan play and the other strategists in the house and he went like supersonic with it and like he went like crazy and was like evicting people out of the blue and all this type of stuff and that rated really well because of him. But then they thought by doing a 2022 one, um, no, they did one in 2022 where they brought back Tim Dormer and Reggie and all them. Yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They yeah, yeah. Back to the future one. And that rated okay, but they should have changed it there to a live version, which I think is their intention this year, maybe to bring it back totally rebranded uh, and live. Because their last, I think their last contractually obligated one, I think, was the 23 one. Mm-hmm. The one that's just aired. Because I think. I don't know for sure, but I think with these networks, they sign like a four-season deal that they have to fulfil with the original rights holders. And um, the season four was the one they just did last year. Yeah, right. Yeah, so it's up in the air now. News.com.au reported, I think, three weeks ago they've canned it. But from what I'm hearing from people I know, I think they're rebranding and bringing it back live probably 
September, October, I think they'll do it. Because they need to give it a break after the shitstorm that's just happened with this mm. last thing. And Channel 7 has really good shows. They've got, like, SAS. They've got, like, other really good ones that can bring in really high ratings for them for quarter one. And then quarter two is where they'll need to pick up. But, yeah, in my opinion, none of this is fact. As far as <laughs> so I don't get so... Do you know, talking about, like, shows from the olden days that have been rebooted, mm. I'm absolutely loving the new Gladiators I don't know if you've yeah, been so getting that's into not it. Rating very well, though, isn't it? No, I think I think they've canned it. Well, oh. they're gonna can it. Well, it finishes this week. Yeah, it's so only I'm, it's only been like a week that it's been on. Yes, yeah, so I reckon they've canned it. Yeah, it's they've a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. So there was an episode tonight, and yeah. I was watching it just before I came here. Yeah, I just love it. I don't know. It's it just good, yeah. it gives me a lot of those uh, old school, of you course, know, yeah. vibes. Yeah. And oh, it's just yeah. But people I aren't watching it. TV anymore, and that's the thing. Like I don't know Not about really. you guys, but I'm I go home Netflix. and I chuck on Netflix, or I rewatch How I Met Your Mother on Disney Plus, or like yeah. there'll be very rare that I would sit down and watch TV. Now my parents who are in their sixties watch the news, and then they go move to streaming. That's the only thing Same. they watch. Yeah. Same. So news. And then straight to Netflix or Stan or sport, or like a tennis sport. is on at the moment. Yeah, which tennis is, huge. is on. That's huge for them. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it, really. Yeah. I'm not really. Well, on. you look at the last few years; the biggest rating things on TV have mm. been sport related. Hundred percent. Like mm. last year with the Women's World Cup. Oh, that was insane. And the I, I, like, the Matildas were getting like you know seven eight million yeah, a night. See, all my, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna love this. All my mates gave me shit for this because I bet against the Matildas on one bit. <laughs> <laughs> so I put for their for their game against England, I got the correct score, and ha- England to score in both halves won three grand on that, and then with Sweden it was to score in both halves, and I won six grand on that. Fucking hell! Yeah, not bad. Though everyone was like, "That's so un Australian," but I'm like, "You to make money. Let's go." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, like, you know, like when I was you're supporting them, but I'm like, well, I don't know if, if you're going to put money on betting, correct. like you know, you're going to yeah, go you're with your win. brain. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't so, matter what your allegiances yeah. are. Correct, correct. Because <laughs> yeah, so all my mates, oh, like we were watching the, like the England, the Australia game. My mate next to me is the biggest Matildas fan. Every time England score, he'd be like, "Hey, he's like, can you shut the fuck up?" <laughs> yeah. yeah so. so yeah, back back to what I was saying before. So after mm. Big Brother, mm. sorry, sort of I diverted. No, nah, you're yeah, right, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> so what sort of like how how so did then, everything work out? For yeah, the then an agency um, approached me and said, "Do you want to?" <clears> so the big thing was cameo. That was huge for me. I had a lady when it was airing. Um, hit me up and go, I'm from Cameo. Have you heard of Cameo? Yep, heard of Cameo. And it was like I got evicted and I did it really well. A few other people waited a couple of weeks, which meant it went down like the toilet. You're not relevant. Day I got evicted, I was like, yep, I've got a Cameo. And I did 400 Cameos in a day at $29 each. And I was like, I'm rich. Yeah. So that was was crazy for me. Wow. And then that kept going for months. And I think I've done like, I think I've done 1,700 Cameos now since since there and it's died down now obviously fucking four years on but then it was like I was getting like 50 a week which was really good so that was my job for a long time and I, I've worked with brands like Tinder before did a, did a brand deal with them did Pepsi a few other and they paid really well as well um, what were yeah. you doing with Tinder? Tinder so they had a like a swipe night show or something on their thing and I just had to promote it like they were doing this game where people like swiped on this thing and clicked something. I can't remember. It was called Swipe Night or something. Mm. I had to do three Insta story posts and got paid pretty well for it. So I was like, Oh wow, awesome! Yeah, yeah. We well, didn't even have to do an IG grid post, which was great. So yeah. Did but you get then, any hookups or? No, I didn't. No. I didn't. No, oh. I didn't. Oh, no, I, I didn't. I know. Well, the thing was, I couldn't even go out during an airing because I thought, oh, I could I might be able to get like some chicks here. I go out, but I wouldn't go out during an airing because of like the restrictions. With COVID. Oh, oh, so fucking I was like, COVID. Couldn't of get anything. Course. I was like, what's going on? So. 
Yeah, but um, then after that, pretty much, I said to myself, well, what the fuck am I going to do now? Because Big Brother's going to die in like seven months after probably I got evicted. It all ended probably end of July. And I said to myself, I've probably got a max a year's lifeline on leveraging Big Brother for what I want to do. And I pretty much used Big Brother and the views I'd already accumulated. Because when I left Big Brother, they wouldn't let me post anything about the show or anything for when I was on. So I thought I could leverage that. For how long? Like Seven months. So okay. from when I signed my contract to the end of the show, pretty much, filming everything. So I couldn't post to any social media. And I was only on 100K at the time. So then I said to myself, I'm going to take three months to leverage it, build it. Got it to 280 in that time. So I got myself another 180,000 followers on TikTok. And then my good mate, Will, shout out Will, he'll probably see this. Um, he was working at a local marketing company in Adelaide. And he said, I said to him, look, I want to get into marketing. This is what I want to do. I feel like I'm good at it. I feel like I can bring a lot to businesses and influencers and small um, businesses as well. And he said, just there's no openings right now, but here's my boss's number. And if you can convince him, you might be able to get an interview. So I rang up this guy randomly. He was like, who the fuck are you? And I was like... Oh, my best mate Will's working for you. He's your content creator. Give me 15 minutes to sit down with you and I'll tell you why you should give me a job. He's like, meet me at Westlakes for a coffee. And I'm like, fuck, all right. Went down and I said, came with a whole plan. He said, I don't want to look at the document. Tell me straight to my face. So I walked him through it, 15 minutes. And he goes, you got a job. Start on Monday. So that was my first marketing job. Fucking awesome. And I just walked my way into that and just didn't even really need to apply through the official channels. Just um, ran with it. And then was in that, then just have been in marketing ever since, just going from opportunity to opportunity that I feel I can really help the business or, and I do my own clients on the side as well. So I do like my own help out the influencers to grow their brands, brand deals, all that type of stuff as well. Awesome, awesome. Because that's like, and that's something for me, like I got to a point where I was kind of really sick of making content. I've really gotten back into it recently for myself, I'm saying, because I loved helping these small businesses and influencers that had like, 10, 20 followers to in like nine months get them to 100K and they were like, what the fuck? That was a big thing for me that I love to do because it was like... You get a kick out of it. Yeah, get a huge kick out of it. And like it's it gives me the incentive too because I'm like so behind the content as well. And I so believe in my own ability to be able to like come in and revolutionise like an account. And I've done it like... It's kind of this weird formula I have and people are going to say that's not possible, but... It's a weird formula I have. I see a client or a brand and I can visualise what I'm going to do. I've been described by people before that I'm a very visual learner. So when we're filming this right now, I already know, I've already thought of like five clips in my head of how they're going to be edited and it will come out exactly like that. That's how my Man, brain works. I'm telling you, last week when we did a bit of recording for Rags' TikTok, yeah. Mm. Kieran was just basically saying, all right, this is what I've got. This is the idea. You did it all on yourself. What are you talking about? No, no, no. But look, (laughs) listen, what I'm saying is, like, you know, I'm just going by what he's saying. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is the idea that I have and what we should do and all that. And I'm like, yeah, okay. So, like, you know, I took his idea, but I made it. I made it my own. Yeah. Um, And and then you just hear him behind the camera pissing himself, laughing. (laughs) Me and George, through his takes, we were like pissing it. I'm like, George, I can pick up on the audio. I can't help it. It's too fucking funny. And then he did this he did this thing in the neighbours thing. By accident. I don't know if it was by accident, but he did the hose and he flicked the hose. And I had to put the camera down. And I said, that is fucking hilarious. Do that again. He's like, oh, was that good? And then he really... <laughs> and I was like... Yeah. And the good thing is too, is I'm like, I'm filming it. I'm pissing it. But in my head, I already know how I'm going to edit that with like the memes, the sound effects and stuff. And, I'm re- and I remember messaging you when I was ed- editing it. I'm like, I am fucking crying with laughter with this. So... Yeah, and yeah. then the, the the Greek dad one. Oh, that was. He so goes to good. me right. Um, you've got uh, you've got a minute 
where you just have to like go just go nuts. Yeah. Go nuts at George. Yeah. Like and I'm like, fuck a minute. That's a long time, time man. man. Yeah, I got That's 30, a long no, time. I got 30 seconds in and I was like, fuck man. Oh no, no, hang on. You said you said 30 seconds to yeah, me originally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, he goes, just go 30 seconds hard abusing George, you know, like just yeah. be that angry dad. Yeah. And then we stop recording that part and he goes, Man, that was just over a minute and a half. <laughs> <laughs> a minute and a half. It's brilliant. It's great though. I was just sitting there abusing him in grief. <laughs> and I'm behind the camera not understanding a word, but I'm like, this is gonna be so fucking good. And I had that. to my face was straight that whole time. Oh, I yeah, to, it was. I yeah, had yeah, to show the great. anger, but I had him on the side with the camera. Yeah. I couldn't see what he was doing, but I had George in front of me. He was crying. <laughs> He was in tears, and I still I like I wanted to burst out laughing, but I had to keep my my face straight cool, because yeah. I didn't want him going right. We got to do that again. Yeah, no, nah, it was perfect. <laughs> it was like it was chef's kiss. It was so good. Nah, yeah. beautiful. Uh, but yeah. um, and I've seen You're a lot really of the good work on camera though, because like I've worked with people before where it's like pulling fucking teeth. I've had some clients before. I won't name names, but where you go out, you like you speak to them in person like we are now, and they seem really enthusiastic, and then they get in front of the camera and they're like. Where the fuck am I? And I'm like, oh shit. So you were really good because like I knew George was too. And then you, he was explaining like what you do, DJ. I was like, oh, you'll be great. And then when two minutes in, I was like, this is fucking perfect. Cause yeah. it's good to give someone an idea like we were on the shoot day and then you make it your own. That's what I really love about that type of stuff. Yeah, perfect. Because if I'm there guiding, it's going to seem fake and inauthentic. I don't know if that's a correct word. Unauthentic, I don't know. But yeah, it's going to seem not like genuine is what I'm trying to say mm. to the video we're wanting to create. And you were-, you were and, What I was saying to George last week, uh, and the the consumer that they can fucking pick that up. Oh, big time! They know 100%. if you're full of shit or 100%, not. Hundred percent, hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent, yeah. Oh, like even today's uh, the po- the video that he posted today, the Greek dad one. Oh. So many people have been messaging me, going, "Oh my god, you're just like my dad." Yeah, it's great. It's <laughs> and I'm like, that's because <laughs> we'll that do, was we'll do, my dad. We'll do the soccer one too. That's like I'm literally there. imitating my yeah. own, my, uh, you know, dad, yeah. and you know, rest so in good. peace, dad. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. that's you, yeah. all over. Oh, I love so, it. all right. I want to get to the nitty gritty part of our podcast. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, I gave you an explanation on what yeah. our podcast does and yeah. what we like to focus on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we had George last week. So I asked him about the, the, the pressures of social media yeah. on mental health yeah. and, and his overall well-being. Yeah. Um, obviously, you, I think, on a nuc- on a next yeah, level, being in that Big Brother house, you yeah. know, mental health would have played a massive oh, role in that place. Time, yeah. you, you've just explained to a bit, um, you know, afterwards the mm. the stress that would oh, have gone through your head yeah. about fuck the shit that I said in there. Is yeah. that going to get me into trouble? Yeah. Is yeah. it going to fuck up my future? Rah rah rah. Yeah. You're going to cop it. Your family's going to cop 100%. it. Like, that all was of like that. a big thing for me. Like I've gone in there and had a fun time and said all this shit, and now it's going to like reflect badly on like. My family's like, both my parents are like school teachers too. So I was oh, like, I don't want to fuck, fuck their whole man. careers up and everything. And then when the EP said it to me, I was like, oh my God, too. So, And then like now with being, you know, pretty huge on social media and mm. across different platforms, mm-hmm. how does that all come into like, I mean, you know, you're, you're a pretty bubbly guy, but yeah. you know, are there the moments where you go, fuck, you know, like this is taking its toll. I need to step back. Yeah. So for me, one big thing in the last year that I've noticed myself is that I'm a warrior. And it's something that's really come up probably since 
March last year where I noticed myself worrying about things that other people wouldn't and it's the small things. Like, it's like, if I send you a text and I don't hear from you in 10 minutes, I'll be like, is he pissed at me? Like, have I done something? Like, why hasn't he gotten back? That's my thinking. And that's something I've really- I've noticed a bit of that with yeah, our correct, chats. that's my thing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like, in the, in the last year- I'm like, year, dude, I work by the, yeah, during correct, the day. I, yeah, in, in the last year, I've really had to like, step back and just evaluate that and like, bring in like, some techniques. And one thing, it got really bad in August last year where- it wasn't so much that I couldn't like enjoy day to day, but it was like, it was crippling. It was exhausting, really. It was getting to a point where I was just worrying so much. So then I, that's where I said to myself, I got to figure this out. And it was a really balmy night in August. And I said to myself, I'm just going to go for a walk. And this is where all the running came in. I uh, went on my first run and that like calmed me down for the rest of the night. And I was like, fuck, this is like real. This is what I need in my life. This is what I need to balance me out. Like whenever I'm worried or I've got anxiety, I'm um, just going to go on a run or I'm going to get outside or do something. And that's really helped me. And that's really, it's become, it's become addictive really, to be honest with you, because it's become, whenever I would worry, I would just go time out. I got to go on a run and I would do it and usually be a five to seven K. And of course, when it started off, it'd be like a one or a two. Then I build it up. But like August last year, I ran 50 kilometers because I was like, just so worried all the time. Yeah. So I was just like going like every night and then it's really under wraps now where if if I do feel extremely worried, I'll just, I know like I need to get out of the house and just go on a run. And there was a th- like a scenario that happened probably two weeks ago where I was just like really worried out of my head and I was just like, went on a run. And I used the Nike Run Club app where I do like guided runs with the coach and they talk in your ear and stuff. And I was so into it. I was just like, went on a run, thought I'd do 5K, ended up doing a uh, 14K and back. And I was like, wow, fuck me, all right, I needed that. So... Yeah, then I've just been, ever since then, I've said to myself if I'm going to do, and it was kind of like, for me, like, I'm the type of person, I'm young, and with the Australian culture, I think it's so strong as well. You see your mates when you go out and you drink, and you go to town, and you hang out with them, and you party. That was, like, a big back-to-back weekend thing with me, and I was like, that's okay to do that, but not every weekend, and I need something like a hobby that's just for me, where I can go out, do it, feel good about myself, and it's not, like going to the pub, having a beer, going out for dinner, you know what I mean? Doing something for me. And that's when I realised probably probably on my fifth run where I was like, oh, I'm getting better at this. I was like, this is, can be the thing that I want to do. And then I ran my first 12-kilometre run in September. Didn't think I'd finish it and powered through. Absolutely sent it. Right. And then I said to myself, well, I'm going to make this a thing now. And then I planned to do a half marathon on the 8th of December. That got canned weather. But then Saturday I did a full half marathon. 21.1 did it in my time that I wanted to was really good happy with it that's good and then the plan is maybe April or a bit after to do the full marathon so it's been really good so it's and now my anxiety is like gone as well because like that's really just helped me move through it and I think the big thing for me is is that I had to let go of worrying about other people you like I was big like why aren't they responding to me like are they pissed off with me like that was like my internal thinking but they could be out of coffee. They could be... I had to bring in those logical thoughts. They could be out of coffee. They could be at work. They could be doing their own thing. You know what I mean? And I brought that in more and more and more. But a big thing for me in 23 was getting over the fact of I'm only going to give to you what I receive back. Because I was a big person that would go all out for someone and, and go big for dog them. Shit dog bag. shit. Or they would give you something and then five months later turn around and go, fuck you, you've given me nothing. And I'll be sitting there like, what, what the, the fuck's fuck? going on here? I've... I've helped you with this for the last fucking year and a half and it's gone to shit. So, and that's why I keep, like, George, he's one of my best mates, like, most loyal guy ever. And, like, he's the type of person I could bring at 3am in the morning if I was on the side of the road and he'd come pick me up. Like, you know what I mean? And that's the type of 
friends I want in my life mm. that give that energy back. So that's been a big thing for me across the last year that I've had to work through myself and really grow and develop that further. And I really think I'm really happy with where I'm at at the moment. Still got a bit of progress to do with it, but I think as I move through this year, my plan is to make this year my best year for like mental health, just being active more and just enjoying life more. Because when you worry a lot as well, you don't enjoy as much. That's one thing I found as well. So, 100%. Have you ever been affected by keyboard warriors? No. So at the beginning, yes. And that started out when I did was – it wasn't the keyboard warriors were really so much – Keyboard warriors, they were the people in the schoolyard, they were the people that were pulling up my YouTube videos in the classroom in front of everyone, taking the piss out of me. So I've dealt with that from a very young age. So because I dealt with that from, say, year nine or year 10, I'm just saying, yeah, year nine or year 10, um, when I got to the point where I was going all in on social media, people would comment and be like, you're a fucking retard, and I just delete it. Like, that was, I think it's gotten to the point, and then especially by the time I got on Big Brother, where there's this huge scale, I dealt with all that shit from the driving videos, because by that time I'd done 100 million views with the driving videos and had every under the sun comment with, Fuck. you're a fucking retard, you're going to kill people, fuck you, all that type of stuff. I dealt with all that. And that didn't even really worry me so much then. It was getting through that first hump in high school into maybe early uni where I cared so much about what other people thought I was posting. It got to the point where a switch kind of flipped in my head where it was like, if I'm really going to go all the way with this and I'm going to really send it, I just got to not give a fuck. You know what I mean? So it's good, like, in a way that this all happened to you when you were in school and it made you more resilient. 100%. 100%. You could either, it could go either way. You could 100%. either, um, like, for me, when I was in, uh, it would have been, like, junior primary, mm. I went to, a like, a... Uh, Parra Hills Primary and there yeah. was like absolutely no Greeks or Italians there at that time yeah. and I copped it of like course, you know yeah. and then um, went to St George and mm. then obviously there's a bigger nothing but Greeks nothing there. but <laughs> Greeks right <laughs> so that, that was alright and then you know Nord High and it was yeah. good you know so it could either, it could go either way for people it could yeah. either you know you go through that in school yeah. like bullies and this and that yeah, and then it could fuck you up, yeah, and for the rest of your life, yeah. you're gonna be like, "I'm the victim." Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Or it could go like, say, your way, or how I dealt with it too. Yeah, you could just make you resilient for the rest of your life. Hundred percent. And yeah. look, you're obviously gonna get those little things here and there yeah. that are gonna. Oh, why the fuck? Oh, would look, you say we're all that? human, yeah. and there's why always gonna be that, that one you know? thing that triggers us off. That dickhead that you know, yeah, yeah, either a dickhead or some event. That's just going to trigger us, uh, trigger off our yeah. um, anxiety, or 100%. you know, a bit yeah. of a depression mode. But yeah. you know, it's the way that you pick yourself up on, on how dust how yourself good off, you are coping yeah. with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the big thing for me with the running is a year ago, if you said to me that I would uh, would done a twelve kilometer now half marathon, I would have laughed in your face because <laughs> every time someone said to me, "You want to come on a walk? You want to go on a run? Or you want to do something?" I would have, I was like, "No, nah, fuck yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm going <laughs> to watch Netflix and get a kebab or some shit." You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, it was crazy. And one thing too is like it really has made me appreciate the human mind and body and what you can overcome because I remember doing my first ten k, I hit eight k, and I felt like death. I felt like giving up, and then your body just picks it back up. Yeah. And it's like runners high, and I was, that was the first time I experienced that, and that's addictive in itself too. Um, but yeah, it's that's made me appreciate a lot of things and really a lot of people have like their coping mechanism. I would call it a coping mechanism for me that I've used, but it's a really good one that mm. I can just keep pounding away at and keep doing. So yeah. And he's also a star striker for the D team at correct. Uh, Comets, uh, uh, Comets at the Titans. At the Titans. You're what, sorry? 
Uh, soccer. So I've never played soccer since year seven. Yeah. And uh, George plays there and Zach Levy, who I'm good mates with, yeah. uh, who was at, actually at that, he was my boss at that first marketing job that I spoke about. Um, he, I said to him last year, no, the year before I said, I'm going to be captain of the D's and I'm going to get MVP. And then a year ago when I went to, when I was with uh, you at the wards night, either he got a snap of me the year before saying, if I'm not, I get slapped in the face. So he slapped me in the face on video. <laughs> and I said, that's not going to happen next year. I'm going to try and get MVP in the Ds or be in the Ds or close to. So yeah, went out for trial to the night and nearly died. Like death, <laughs> like death. Like the C's coach, like Chris, the C's coach, I think it was, he was looking at me like, how the fuck are you going to do an entire season? But I was like, nah, it's good. But they were really, and one thing I really love about the Titans, shout out Titans, was that they're really a great community of people. Mm-hmm. Like you, that's one thing. Like I wasn't, wouldn't call myself an outsider because I've gone to like their social events and I know like Alivi and Georgia stuff, but I know some of the guys at the club. But they're not judgmental at all, no. and they're really like welcoming and open. That's one thing I love about them. So I'm really that's excited good. for it. It'll be great fun. Yeah, and and that's what a, a good club is like. That like you know we. We both had a um, a coaches meeting just before here yeah. at the Adelaide Comets because yeah. we both coach at the Comets. Oh, nice! And just th- that that whole group of the coaches there, like yeah. ever, I had a couple of coaches at the end of the meeting going, "Hey, you're stepping up to a different field size this year. Why don't you come out to a couple mm. of my mm. sessions? Nice, so nice. you know we can work together." Yeah. And I'm like, Fuck. "Yeah, it's good. It's Where do you get this type of support? So yeah. it's good to have that it's community. Yeah, it's but great. I've been I've known the Titans since you know when they first started. I was involved yeah. when they first started." And and when I when I I thought I met him for the first time the other day, oh, yeah. but he's like, no mate, you dragged me onto the dance floor at the Titans uh, awards night, <laughs> mate. I'm telling you, I do not remember it. <laughs> I remember bits of it. Twenty year anniversary, right? <laughs> Got invited by Petros to sit there and, and you know enjoy the night. And uh, like the DJ starts dancing. Uh, the, no one's the, on the dance yeah, floor. Yeah, no one's on the dance floor. And so. I'm like, He's on the dance floor, like completely going bonkers on the dance floor. And then I get up, I was sitting right at the front, right? So I'm getting up from my table and all of a sudden, like I'm looking that way, my hand's getting dragged that way. I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? And then this bloke is pulling me to the dance floor and he's like doing all these funky moves like this, right? Beer in one hand, like, you know, dragging me on the other. And then he's trying to do the twirl to me. I'm like... Who the <laughs> fuck are you? And you know that moment when you see someone the other day, I was like, oh, how are you? And like, let's go for the have a shade. They all came back to me. I was like, oh my God, we haven't met before. <laughs> Wait, and do then, not remember leaving that But do you know what's hilarious? Like, the, the biggest, the funniest part is, um, so I'm walking off and um, oh, no. um, Lebrops' nephew, um, Vasily. Yeah, yeah. Um, Codus. Yeah, yeah. I went up to him and I go, dude. Who the fuck is that gaytard over there, man? Like, who is that that bloke? He goes, do you not know him? I'm like, no, I don't know him. Who is he? He goes, he's Australia's worst driver. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? Australia? What the hell are you talking to me about, Vasily? He goes, yeah, that's, me. that's Kieran. Yeah. I'm like, okay, and I'm meant to know Kieran how. <laughs> and he goes, wait, give me your phone. Do you have TikTok? I'm like, yeah, I do. So he types in you and I'm like, Watching the video, I'm going, oh, shit. <laughs> right. And I'm like 330. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how'd you go driving here? All good? No, mum and dad dropped me off. You still, he have still doesn't drive. I years submitted my, uh, redid my L's in October for the eighth time. And it's not even stalling anymore. It's just a spatial awareness. So I'll be driving, well, it is a stalling, but I'll be driving along like a road and I'll think like a bin is way over there, but I'll be like that close to it. And mum mm. freaks out. She's like, I can't do it anymore. So yeah, I'm gonna have to get a driving instructor or something. But 
Yeah. And like, if you watch his videos. I crashed into a garage and the insurance guy, because it's how we got house insurance to fix it. And the guy rocks up and he goes, fuck me, it's real. Me and the boys down at the office had a bed that wasn't real. I'm going to win 50 bucks because I said it was real. And there's this huge hole inside of our house. Are you still recording these? So I recorded one recently because I might have an opportunity for a new thing with them, which I can't talk about. But yeah, yeah. My, so I recorded a couple of new ones and they went really well. But I'm mainly just reposting all ones. Like I've done on TikTok. Well, in the month of August, I did 28 mil views on TikTok just with wow. old content. Wow. And then Facebook this month, I've done 14 million all on old videos, That's which impressive. are like six years old. So I just download them, re-edit them so they look new. And then my audience just eat them up. So, yeah. And wow. 7 billion people, no, 8 billion people in the world, like less than 1% of people will have seen them in my head. So I'm like, just get it, keep getting them out, keep going. So that's my plan. So right, 10 million people will be watching this uh, Correct. podcast episode. Correct. Yes, they Correct. will. That's a shout out to everyone watching. Shout out to me. <laughs> Click to subscribe. Correct, yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Kieran, wow. What a, what a, and, and. You're so young. You still got so much more ahead of you. I know it's crazy. 26 this year. I feel pretty old. You're, you're 25 years old. 25 right now. Yeah. Wow. I know. I look 40. I know. I look 40. <laughs> uh, yeah. 25, 20, 26 in September. Yeah. Mate, I just turned 40 and I feel 40. <laughs> no, I feel 50. Uh, so I went. I went like. Um, I how, went, hang on. How quick was 25 to 40 for you? Did it go like that or? So 25 to about 30 yeah. uh, was quite slow. Okay, like it was just, it was, uh, yeah. you know, it was slow. It was once I hit 30, I got married. I started, uh, my wife started having kids. Yeah. That 10 year period completely blown out the water. Mm. I don't even remember the last Fuck. 10 years. Yeah, like shit. I literally, lo- lo- November, I just turned 40. I do not remember the 10 years that have just Fuck. gone past. Yeah. So, That's a and even like the other day, like, cause I'm like, I've got like a, Oh, how do you say it? Like an, like getting old complex. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Right? So I'm yeah. like, oh man, you know, like yeah, my dad, I'm 32 I'm years old. As well, yeah. I'm 32 years old, man. Yeah. Like people be like, oh fucking shut up, stupid. Yeah, <laughs> you're fine, right? But the other day, like I got like a, a little, you know, those big W uh, blow up pools. Oh They're yeah, like 20 bucks, 30 yeah, yeah, bucks. Yeah. Anyway, so every year we'll buy a new one because our dog will scratch one, and that's it for the year, <laughs> and it will burst it. Anyway, so I'm in the pool with my son. Uh, we're doing a little bit of wrestling, and he goes. Oh, not bad, old man. Right? He's <laughs> six, right? No. I look at my wife and I go, is this kid fucking serious? <laughs> and she's like, honey, don't say that to your dad. He has an age complex. <laughs> I was like, fuck. But, you know, when I was – so the years between 25 and 30, I think mentally I was trying to prolong them as much as I could okay. because I was afraid of turning 30. Wow, okay. I felt like I had not accomplished anything in life. And I just, I was afraid. I was getting very anxious. I was really depressed about turning 30. Turning 40, complete opposite. It's like, oh, fuck, I'm turning 40 tomorrow. Like, hey, (laughs) bring it on, big boy. You know, it's like, it's just a number. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's probably why I felt like that five year period was went really slow. Yeah. But yeah, once I got married, had kids, bang. Yeah. No, see you later. So yeah. twenty one to twenty three went real fast. Mm. And then twenty three to twenty five has gone medium. I'm hoping twenty five to thirty goes slow <laughs> as hell because I'm like don't not want to be 30. Yeah, same, same. When I was like 18, 19, fuck, turn 20, I was like, fuck. 
Yeah, see, I wasn't Shit. yeah. And then went from twenty nine to thirty. I'm like, oh my god, my life is over. <laughs> yeah, twenty five. I was like, but my big thing is, is I do, I do a big. Like, I'm a big party, as you can probably tell. I'm a big party person. No. No, no. So every year, I've done a birthday party for myself every year since I was 17. Nice. With, like, mates and stuff. But this year was pretty chill. We just went to the um, uh, Exeter, and, then, like, I booked out the balcony, and we just had beers and stuff and got pretty rowdy. But, yeah, it was it's it's always good. Good fun. Love it. Nah, good, man. That's, That's really all good. right. I reckon what we should do mm. with Kieran here, mm. we should go into a bit of blokes bits. Yep. Because uh, I've got some funny things I want to chat about. Mm. Yep. And I reckon this would absolutely go nuts. Yeah? Yep. What do you yeah. reckon? This is, this is. This is. Blokes Bits. Excellent. Blokes Bits. All right. So. So how does this work? Tell it's me. well, it's not what it sounds like. I was like, <laughs> yeah. So you have to get up and show your bits. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 nothing like that. Yeah. Actually, you know what? There was a comment made on uh, one of Rags's uh, posts that during the week when he was pr- uh, pushing out our podcast episode. Yep. Mm. Um, he posted it, and yeah. someone commented on uh, going two blokes in a pod. Geez, that isn't gay. Oh. Right, and I knew this bloke too, yeah. and I commented back going, if you don't like the name of it, that's fine, man. Like, yeah, it's doing off, well yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Rags got straight on the phone. Oh, I'm so sorry, man. That was my god brother. Yeah. Rah, rah, rah. I'm like, yeah. dude, it's okay. He gives a fuck. Yeah. yeah. I don't give a shit. Like, I'm I not- love that about George. Like, he always comes in and yeah, he's the best. He's like, you know, that. he made sure that I'm okay, yeah, but I'm yeah. like, dude, I'm fine. Yeah, he's the best. Um, yeah, so. I was doing some surfing during the week and I thought, you know, I've got to find some really good stuff to chat about because a lot of people are like, oh, you know, we're really enjoying your podcast, but, you know, what about some little bit more men's stuff? And, you know, I'm like, yeah, all right, cool. So I've been looking around and I found this article, which I completely pissed myself laughing with, right? The title of the article is, um, so this is a a how- how to do posts though. So okay. they're sort of writing into someone for advice. Okay. okay? Yep, yep, yep. So the article is, I want to sleep with other people. I just can't have my husband doing the same. Right. So dear. Talk about a complex. Yeah, so like- this is called dear how to do it. So the, uh, the, the blog is called how to do it. Yeah. Right. Dear how to do it. I'm bisexual and I'm happily married to a man. That said, I do feel occasional desire to sleep with another woman. I haven't yet, but I'm contemplating asking my husband to open up the marriage. My idea is that I would be allowed to sleep with other women. I think I might, uh, it might need work because the biological underpinnings of male jealousy wouldn't be there in this situation when I'm not sleeping with another man. But I'm torn because, <laughs> because he is completely straight and I wouldn't really feel comfortable opening it up for another woman too. I'm guessing, I, I, I guess I'm jealous. Do you think this arrangement could work? I'm scared to bring it up uh, lest it ruin our relationship. It sounds like this chick wants the cake and she wants to eat it you too. You beat me straight to it. I was just about to say it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she wants to be pleasured by a woman. But she, another woman can't pleasure. But, another, but can't her man cannot... Be pleasured by another Two woman. Two words. Fuck off. No. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much. Yeah, literally, yeah. Well, what? But what she How say- would you react to that, though? If you asked that question, I don't know what I'd do. I'd be like. So if my, if my like, wife oh. came to me and said yeah. that, I'm like, uh, I don't really know how to answer that. Yeah. It's. Uh, 
I'd be livid. I would oh, be, yeah, I'd yeah, be yeah. angry, but I, yeah. I, would, I reckon I don't know what I'd say. Yeah. Can I watch? No. <laughs> As long as, you, as long as you start OnlyFans, yeah, yeah. So we can get money off it, yeah. Oh my but God. Like, so the whole gist of it is if he was to say, oh, that's okay, I've been having thoughts of doing it with another man, would she be okay with that? No, she wouldn't be though. Exactly. Yeah. So it doesn't matter whether it's woman or man. She just doesn't want her man to be pleasured by another person, but she wants to have that pleasure from another person. Two words, uh, fucking run and don't look back. That's more than two. That's more than two. Yeah. Fucking run, so, pause. Yeah. So <laughs> did it say whether or not this bloke said yes or no? Like, was there a no, response? No, 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 no. So that, that, was, that was pretty much respond, it. So though? Yeah, so there was a response. Oh, okay, here we go. This right. Okay. Um, dear Curious. An arrangement like that, which you describe, could work, but it really depends on the parties involved. Some partners may agree to your terms, putting your desires before theirs, in, uh, if in fact they want to have sex outside their relationship. Others may even be into the idea and be turned on by you exploring. So they're a cuck is what you're saying. They're a cuck. Yeah, well, yeah. They love the cuckold. Signing up for the <laughs> swingers club, I think. Jeez. Plenty of people might also think no fair and shut down the idea on site. You may need to negotiate. How, for I example, negotiate. <laughs> how, for example, would you feel about having sex with a woman with your husband? There are couples with only play together clauses in their agreement. Sometimes being see, this is getting full on. This man. answer sounds like sometimes it's been written by being ChatGPT a, as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, sometimes being able to see one's partner in action is all it takes to assuage uh, one's anxieties about hooking up. Now, see, personally, if I was to watch... Look, I be careful what you fucking I, I say here, mate. So okay. okay. I'm she hearing listens dog to this. I'm no, hearing dog house, But, yeah. like, a woman and a woman, to me, would be like, oh, hey, what's going on here, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But I'd have anxiety if I was to let my woman sleep with another bloke. Like, fuck, oh. he might he might have a bigger dick than me or something. <laughs> you know, like, you know, he might be able to rock the boat differently. Oh, jeez! If you're yeah. in a marriage, it's a husband and wife, or or girl and girl, yeah. boy and boy, whatever, a- whatever your whatever your chemistry is at home. Like, that's it. It's two people. Well, once you commit to it, you're like, committed to yeah. one person. Like, like nah. if you have that desire, woman or man, to branch out and yeah. try something different, yeah. right? Then what was the point of getting in a relationship in the first time? Yeah, 100%. Okay. Correct. Hang on. I know that there are open relationships where they're allowed to do whatever and all that, but yeah. this is not open. Yeah. This is more One-sided. like- Correct. I get to be pleased but however I want, Yeah. but you're not allowed to. Yeah, yeah. That's selfish. Yeah, it's stupid and as well. It's fucked, actually. Not the whole selfish. question is fucked. And if I was reading that article, I would have gotten to the end of her answer and heard to be saying loud, loud at night, fuck this, and leaving the article. That's what I would have done. Yeah, uh, honestly, oh. hilarious. But then I uh, further looking onto that website that I was but on. But wait, right? there's more. He, he dove in deeper, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So this is a hot topic here. Mm. Ten things a guy will do that show he's a boyfriend material. Okay. Okay. All right. Yep. Okay. So here we go. Out. Hold on one sec. Number one, <laughs> he tells you how beautiful you are all the time. All the time? I think you've got to be honest with your partner, though. Like, if your partner goes, hey, how do I look? Like, If they know, look like shit and you say they look good, you're doing them a, uh, 
a disservice. Disservice. Because if they go out there and they look back at the photos, they'll get then get angry at you for saying, "Oh, you told me I look good, but I look shit in those photos." But then the problem is, if you say you look shit, you're fucked either way. I don't know. Yeah, you're fucked no, either no, way. I, that's happened to me before. Like my wife would say, "Oh, what do you think of this dress?" About like, I think it looks like shit, and then she will get pissed off, and then she'll call her mum, and she'll, "Oh, mum, what do you think of this? Oh, it looks fine." I'm like, "Yeah, don't ask me that." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, I don't think I'd ever say that. You'd never say. No, you no, no. Shit. I didn't say. No, 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 no. I didn't say to. She I would. Like I would shit. say I'd like say, the dress is shit. Yeah, I know, yeah, no, no, no. But even like, I'd say, oh yeah, probably not the best water. option. Or yeah, like yeah. not something that I'd go for. I mean, not that I wear you, her dress. I was going to say, do you wear, you wear dresses? <laughs> that you I wear. roll out in your own dress and you're like, this is what hey, I'd go for. I'm Greek. <laughs> we used to wear skirts in Greek dancing, okay? Excellent. <laughs> we had more layers than a bride's dress. <laughs> shit. Oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, no, I wouldn't be point blank, oh, fuck, that looks shit. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. you know, nah, you know, I don't like it. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, you know, like I compliment my wife every now and then. Yeah, sure, there's been times where she's done her hair and makeup and I haven't noticed, but... <laughs> that's, that's just a male that's thing. Marriage, that's though, that's yeah. marriage and blokes, yeah, isn't oh it? Oh, my God, yeah. totally, yeah. All right, so that's number one. Number two, he never leaves a doubt in your mind that you are the girl for him. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, yep. so, that's okay. top standard, yeah. All right, no argument there. No. A good boyfriend lets his girl have her space. Yeah, I yeah. agree with that. Hundred yeah. percent down with that. You can't be going out on girls' night with her and all that crap. No. Nah. I always encourage my wife to, you know, got call it. a friend, go yeah, out, man. have yeah. the night out. A few weeks ago, Katrina went out. She got home at like two, three in the morning, and all I did was I. She doesn't go out all the time like that. Right? Roger, let's right. go. <laughs> anyway, so she went out. It was all like my cousins and yeah, and, uh, mutual friends and stuff. And I just text her at like one thirty in the morning. You all good? Yeah. And she's like, yeah, all good. We should be home soon. And I just fell asleep watching the Arsenal game. So yeah. I was like, whatever. Yeah. My wife has this thing of when she goes out, mm. she's normally home by about 10, 10.30. Yeah. And like, I just message her. She's like messages me going, hey, I'm on the way home. I'm like, yeah. no, stay out. <laughs> And like, I'm watching know, a game. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. Or, or I'm watching Netflix or something. I'm just enjoying the time on yeah. my own. No yeah. kids. Yeah. Nothing. I'm just, no, stay out. Yeah. And yeah. then just like the questions, why? Yeah. I'm like, because I'm really enjoying this movie. <laughs> Stav, uh, big, red, big red flag for me is when, was when a friend and their girlfriend always have to be together and they always have to come to everything together. That's crazy. Like if you're doing like a boys dinner. And the girlfriend's they, they like you think like your mate's coming to a boys dinner and then the girlfriend rocks up yeah. no notice yeah. and you're just like we, well, this was made in the lads group chat did not know you I, were a member like one of my very close friends um, and we are still uh, very close today um, but thank God um, his ex girlfriend is no longer with him <laughs> um, when he was with that girlfriend um, honestly. Same thing. Oh, she was glued to him. It's the worst. The guy couldn't take a shit without her being right next to him. It's like, the worst. It's fucking the worst. hell, is it's she shit. wiping your ass? Like, yeah. what? 
you know, we'd go out, she'd be there. We'd yeah. go to the cinema, she'd be there. We'd go to my mate's house She's to like watch a jump soccer. She's like right there. He'd go to the gym, she'd be right there. Like, that, fuck that, me. That shows, right, there's no trust in that relationship. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Right? 100%. So Although me. he's encouraging her to go and do stuff with her friends. And no, you, no, no. And you do notice that a lot where, like, one guy fucks up or a girl fucks up like, by, by cheating and then they get back together. You notice then, like, they're always, like, rock bottom, like, rock together. You know what I mean? Not rock bottom. But well, maybe it, rock bottom. But if, <laughs> yeah. you, if you cheated on someone, like, why would you get back with them? In that's the, my yeah, biggest that's thing. The other that's thing. another red flag. Like, people that cheat and then get back together and, like, you're then like seeing them after you found out that they've cheated, and it's just like, why the fuck are you still in this relationship? Like, yeah. what are you doing? Oh, it's yeah. Now, I understand love, but there's like, how many times can you get well, fucked around? It's like, I read another article. I won't get into the nitty gritty of it, but on that, <laughs> yeah. So there was an article where a bloke says that you know he wrote to the same columnist, mm. and he said. Um, my girlfriend cheated on me. Mm. Now we're back together and my family hate me. Yeah, fuck. I right? And yeah. I don't blame them no, because no, no, be when she that. cheated on him the first time, he first broke- First time? There was another time. No, but like oh. when she cheated on him. <laughs> that was my daughter. When she cheated on him, right? So- he he went into depression mode. The family yeah. was there to pick him up and say, look, man, you know, unfortunate that's happened. Pick yourself up, rah, rah, rah. They supported him. They did everything yeah. for him. Yeah. All of a sudden, he's back with that same woman nah. like nothing nah. ever fucking happened. No, nah. no. Nah. You know, like Biggest you don't do that shit. Out. Dude, Biggest once a cheater, always a cheater. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, number four, he takes you out on dates. Yeah, of course. That's stock standard. Yeah. With me, with, and probably with you too, it's a little bit different now having the kids and yeah. you know all that. But when I have the opportunity to take the wife out, just the two of us, well, you got, you got we will it. take. We will go out. But like we went out to um, a place called Fugazi a few well, weeks how ago. Good is that place? Oh my so god! It's the fucking best food ever. It's oh. So good. So is it is a killer? It it's is amazing. amazing. Got to go. Oh, and if you do mistake, anything, mistake. you get the whipped ricotta oh. with the Italian oh. puff bread. So good, the best. Guys, we're talking about food here, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like hey, it's like a it's like <laughs> a, a New York American style Italian restaurant. It's the fucking best. Beautiful. Yeah, oh, like Lee Street Gangster. or Pill Street? I can't the, remember. The Lee Street. Lee Street. Lee Street. Fucking the best. Oh, oh, so good. So good. All right, yeah. number five. He supports your decisions. Mm, there's a bit of a thing there though, because if it's, if it's a bad decision, yeah. So I would say, like, if he goes, I'm going to go rob a bank tomorrow, and you support that decision, you're a fuckhead. Uh, That's my thing. Correct. Look, if it's if it's something they're really passionate about, they really want to do. Correct. Go for it. Correct. Whatever. Yeah. But if it's if it's well, a he, like the here, description here says a guy who is really into you won't make you feel bad about the decisions you make in your life. If he doesn't agree with something, he will tell you in a nice way. However, if something is really important to you, he will support you 100% okay, no, of the way. Okay, I agree way. with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 100%. Fine. Yeah. yeah. I, I am, I'm down with that because 100%. if I don't agree with something- Give a reason why? Yeah, I you give don't. the reason why. I always vocalise it as not, well, yeah. Look, a decision that my wife makes is not about me. It's about, you what know- What she wants to do. What yeah, she wants 100. to do, how she wants to progress with something or, you know, maybe she wants to change something around the house and all that. Then I come into that because we've course. got an agreement there. Yeah. But if it's something she wants to do for herself yeah. or to progress, and, and I go, yeah, no problems, babe. Yeah. Go do it, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. All right, number six, he constantly tries to be better. Nah, fuck that. Wait, be better for himself? Like all, like one up Do better. Like one up her? 
Uh, once you are in a relationship, it doesn't mean he will stop caring. A good boyfriend will constantly try to win you over okay, even fine. after he has won you over. No, that's fine. But I'm saying like one-upping, I thought you meant. Like if she's like, oh, I went to the gym and ran 5K, he was like, oh, that's oh, great. You, I, I ran 10 kilometers. No, 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 not like no, that. Okay. Like Making be the, better yeah. as in no, be a better person for yeah. her. No, okay. I agree with that. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, number seven, he touches you. Now, yeah. is this consensual or? Yeah. <laughs> I assume so. I assume so. So are you saying what? like brushing past and smack them on the ass? Or Guys like to touch just- girls and girls like to be touched. See, I don't know when this was written, but, you know, this could mean a very Me different thing movement. today. <laughs> Like yeah, yeah like cancelled on the first know, video podcast, guys. <laughs> yeah, shit. <laughs> um, small gestures like putting his hand on your leg or wrapping his arms around oh, you makes yeah. a big difference. Yeah, you should feel. I don't know, like yeah, you know, what's wrong with like slapping the ass every no. time you go into the kitchen and stuff <laughs> like that. That's just playful. Standard. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He is open and honest with you. Well, you oh, got to be in a relationship. God. Shit. You got to be. Not, that's not happening. Well, then what is honestly? Might not be honest with you know some of the gadgets that I buy and how oh, much I spend course, on them. But there's but like there's the what things though. <laughs> what gadgets? What gadgets? Yeah, like you're not gonna be honest if you're on like like the fourth hole of golf and she's like, "Where are you?" And like, "Yeah, I'm nearly done." That's fine. Yes, I would say. But like the, the little big, white lie, little white lie is fine. It's not gonna hurt anyone. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, but yeah. But the big stuff. Oh, you got to be honest no. about everything. Yeah. Um, number nine, he admires you. Of course, given yeah. Yep. And then number ten. He considers you his best friend. I consider my wife yeah, my best of friend. Course, yeah. Well, I think that's true yeah, because end of the day, you're going to spend the rest of your life, yeah, you know, like with them, this yeah. person. Right, you're yeah. waking up to them every morning, but mate. they know you inside out. Of course, you know them inside of out. Course, yeah. So yeah, you know that's uh, that's a pretty big thing. Hundred percent. So yeah, ten things that you know he's a good boyfriend. Yeah, interesting. But. Um, No, we won't go into that one. That's a bit, that's probably 10 reasons why most men can't handle a deep woman. That could could mean many different things. So we won't go into into that one. Um, But uh, where are you? Just can you tell me what website this is so I can stay the fuck away from it? Honestly. It's called called Thought Catalog. We've gone from Thought Catalog. I even got this one, but I reckon we'll leave this one for one on one, like when, when me and you. Uh, 25 cringe-worthy, cringe, cringe-worthy sex moves that girls wish guys would stop doing. Uh, yeah, leave that one. Leave we'll leave that one. one. Leave that one. <laughs> Matt, I don't even want to be here for that one. <laughs> just be him in the room on his own. <laughs> yeah, one bloke in a pod. <laughs> I've done that before. Um, but on an, just one more topic, because mm. I love talk. Like, we don't really touch on politics and all in, in mm. this podcast, because that's not what we're like. But I did have a politician on here a few episodes ago in the last um, season, mm. um, and she was from uh, One Nation. Yeah. So- um, uh, I'm fascinated by politics, everything. Australian, oh, American, Well, I addicted. used to work in, yeah. in, in politics. So, yeah. you know, I've got a very big fascination. But this week, I've been very fascinated in America. God, it's crazy. The shitstorm that's happening in America right. at the moment. Okay, guys, are we pro-Trump here or are we not pro-Trump? Look, I'm I'm well, just so I'm enjoying watching the Trump I'm rally. Not, I'm not going to comment on anything, <laughs> but uh, sometimes some of the stuff he says makes look, sense. Look, but sometimes he goes over the line. I think if he was, it's hard to answer. I don't want to get cancelled. Leave me alone. Uh, but 
Yeah, I think a, a lot of point. the things he says is very interesting. That's what I'll say. I think, and this is just my personal opinion. Yeah, I think he is. He's he wants what's best for the country. He, I feel like he has good intentions deep down, right? And I feel when he's there, the country is better. It is. It's like if you look at right? the facts, it is. That's the thing. Right? Economy, everything. Yeah. But he needs to fire his publicist. Oh my god! It's like some of the some of the <laughs> shit. How he like, how he like, how he um, betrays himself. Betrays himself and yeah. pro- how he projects everything. Yeah. It's like that could have been a bit better. I, I really thought DeSant- DeSantis is it DeSantis? Yeah. yeah. When I woke up to that news this morning, I messaged because my mate Harrison sent it to me in our group chat. Shout out Harrison. Um, he was like, "Have you seen this?" And I was like, "Holy fuck!" Because I did not think he'd drop out. I was like, he's gonna fucking be there tooth and nail to the end. And then when he was like, Yeah, I'm uh I'm like not running anymore, and by the way, back Trump, I was like, What is going on here? Because it's like now him and versus Nikki for the pretty much the nominee. And, and he's he's shitting all over Nikki. Like by 20 points. So it's mm-hmm. like he won he won Iowa. He's probably going to win New Hampshire in the next couple of days. And it's gonna get to the point where Dude, he, he's won. It, that's the thing. He's like won. it's gonna get to the point where the thing is, you know who really needs a good PR person? Joe fucking Biden. That guy has the worst PR team I've ever seen in the history of marketing and social media. Because there's not one good clip about him online. No. I hate to say this, but he's also had one of the worst presidencies. Oh, it's been terrible. He's got to like, be the worst president of all yeah, time. To be honest, so, as yeah. an Australian, yeah. I really could not give a fuck who's leading America. Honestly, yeah. could not. No, neither could I. Right? Correct, yeah. But- their what? shit becomes our shit. Yeah, though. eventually. Because we're, we're, we're like we're like the fifty first state. They'll fucking yeah. drag us into a you war. Know, if they exactly. Want it, 100%. Yeah, exactly. Like, like that. The recently there was that shit that happened over in um in Asia, and America's like telling Australia to get ready. Yeah, I know. I saw that. Yeah, I'm like, why I'm the sure. fuck would we yeah. want to go into war yeah. with our goddamn neighbours? Yeah. yeah, you know. But, but I have a whole opinion on Australian oh, politics I just, too, which I'll leave oh, for another look, time. But. Hey, we'll definitely get you back on, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't have... Uh, I think we've got a Joe Biden of a prime minister, to be honest. Oh, but, 100%, yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah. like, you know, just... the Bring fasc- back Johnny Howard. The fascination <laughs> of how it's all happening and how it's all unfolding. Like, you know, you had it's a pool of eight people that are candidates for the Republican Party. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's they're all them. dropping out going, yeah, back Trump, back Trump, back Trump. But you know what it is? I reckon the one person out of that Republican... Vivek, I really like that guy a lot because he is young to start with. He's actually self-made like Trump with his own businesses and his policies are really good as well. Mm. But the thing is, is that people aren't ready for someone like Vivek yet. He'll be the type of person that's dropped out now and backed Trump. Trump will get in and then Trump will endorse him and he'll go 2028. That's what will happen. So I feel like, but you're totally right. I remember watching that first um, Republican debate and on CNN they were like, CNN, fake news, no, I'm good. On CNN they were like, oh yeah, there are um, eight candidates and Trump's not even up there. He doesn't stand a chance. And I was like, two of them. And then on CNN this morning they were like, well, we didn't expect this. (laughs) (laughs) Even on Channel 7 this morning, which is traditionally more like left, they were like, it's just Donald Trump and Nikki Haley. They were like shocked as well. So... 
going to be. And look, I have to admit, I just love when the US, especially with 2016 and 2020, I just love when the US goes to election just for the comedy of it all. Yeah. I can sit back and I can just watch these fucking debates go. And Trump, Trump during the election year is just hilarious. Oh, he, he says. It's good TV. It, it's the fucking it's best. Good. Did you read the article the other day where Putin came out saying that the uh, last elections were rigged? Oh my God, yeah. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? He's like, oh yeah, by the way. He did this whole speech about like the war and everything. And in the last two minutes, he's like, oh yeah, by the way, to the US citizens, your last election was rigged. We've done an investigation. And it's like, everyone, no one in the US is like paying attention to that because it's like so obsessed. And the thing about, I feel like with US, I mean, Australian politics, we're very like um, strong with our views on politics, but we're the type of people that can always meet in the middle and have a discussion, no yeah. matter what. No matter what side you're on, like if you voted Liberal, you voted Labor, or you voted Greens, or you voted One Nation, I'm not going to come punch you in the street because you voted that way, mm. you know what I mean? I feel like in America, they just can't have that conversation. No. And I, I was in California in 2016, probably it was... I think it was a month before the uh, primary or whatever it was, and it was on Hollywood Boulevard, and they were doing a big Trump rally, and then it just this whole fight broke out. And I was like, this is something now, I wouldn't have premised this, this is something you wouldn't see in Australia, but there have been with the COVID, all the COVID yeah. like protests and stuff in early, like a couple of years ago. But yeah, it's just I'm not on that level. Yeah, that I've seen. but see, we protest here in Australia, but I don't it's think peaceful. our people yeah. are crazy. Yeah. No, Go to like, Parliament House know, and you're done. Black yeah, Lives yeah. Matters, for example, yeah, right? Yeah. One topic I don't like talking about, yeah, yeah. but um, Black Lives Matters. Here, peaceful protests. 100%, yeah. America. Half Mad the people fucking country killed. was burnt Madness, down. Yeah. They're going to have a civil war if Trump gets in, though. It's going to go, like, not because he's in, but because the, everyone's just going to lose their mind 100%. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be fucked. Yeah. But we'll be he will it. get in. I, I, he will I'm get calling in. it now. What date are we? It's like the 22nd of January. I've been saying it since October to my family. He's going to get this in. This time next year, he'll be in. we will be um, talking about Trump. Um, yeah. his, uh, what is it, inauguration? Yeah. 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 It was. It was. It's going to be last weekend next year. That's how yeah, last weekend of January. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, is what's crazy is, is that he will get in and it will be by a landslide. Like, like Because I think it's so funny because people voted in Biden because they were like, we need to change Trump's shit. Now Biden's gotten in and every comment I see is like, fuck Biden, we want to go back to what we had before. People that supported yeah. Biden are turning around saying, fuck, he's yeah. shit, he's, yeah. he's ruining our yeah. country. He yeah. can't even get off a fucking stage, oh, for fuck's sake. man, some of those things where he was, there's the speech of him with his wife and his daughter next to him. And he goes, guys, I'm here tonight with my daughter and my wife. And they both look at each other. Oh, I mean, my wife and my daughter. I'm like, bro, how is you? How are you leading a country that size? And it's just like, yeah. And there's this whole conspiracy theory that Obama's still behind it and all that shit. Oh, 100%. Have you heard that? Because he was like, he's the only person that hasn't moved back to his home state after um, leaving the presidency. He's still got a mansion like two minutes from the White House. Everyone's like, yeah, he's still pulling the string. Yeah. Well, I heard rumours that uh, that uh, Obama's wife is actually a bloke. Yeah, I've heard. I've seen. Oh, mate, the conspiracy TikToks, man. I go, <laughs> I go deep on that shit at three AM. I'm scrolling it. How bad oh. is TikTok though? Like no, when you bad. find when you find something really good, you just fall into this well. So my big thing though was I was all Instagram reels. I was like, they were perfect. They like because Instagram was trying to steal people from TikTok. And they made the algorithm so tailored. If you like one thing, you would just get banger after banger after banger videos. Then I updated TikTok probably a week and a half ago. And all I'm using now is TikTok because they redid their algorithm and it's just fucking spot on. So last night, it's so bad. I'll like pause the show them in a little bit. I'll be like, oh yeah, I watched TikTok for like 10 minutes. Last night I was on for three and a half hours. And I was like, yeah, I'll get back to my show. And I'm like, fuck me, it's 2.30 in the morning. I'm like, it's fucked. 
But it's so addictive though because like banger after banger after banger after banger. It's fucked. Well, one last question. Mm. Yes. Tim Tam. Chocolate or a biscuit? Fuck me. I'm going to say biscuit has to be. There you go. It's a biscuit. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I, I have accepted defeat. Yeah, it's a you have to. I have accepted. You defeat. have to. This is a it's man a that's got nothing to do with our debate. Yeah, no. Who has just said it's a biscuit? I went with the first thing that came to mind, and it has to be biscuit because, like, yeah, it is. One, it's made by Arnott's, who only make biscuits. Chucking that shit in the freezer is goaded, though. Anyone done that? What? What's Chucking Tim Tams in the freezer for like forty-five minutes. No, what was that? What do you make mean? some ice cold, and it's the best fucking thing you'll ever eat. Oh wow! It is the best. Should I text the missus now? Yeah, do it. Just maybe uh, not 45, maybe 30, but it makes them like cold, cold. And it's fucking like during summer too. It's fucking perfect. My favourite's a Tim Tam Slammer. Oh, I was going to say that next. The best. <laughs> the fucking best. Hot so cup good. of coffee, They're Tim so Tam, good. bite each end, bang. See oh. you later. All right, so tell us. Um, socials, how can we reach you on socials? How can people find you on socials? Kieran underscore Davidson on TikTok. Uh, Kieran Davidson 1998 on Instagram. What else have we got? Katie Vlogs on Facebook. And I just started a new running TikTok, running with Kieran as well recently. Running with Kieran. As well. Awesome. Um, and our socials? Two blokes in a pod? Yes, that's right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I can't be the one always saying it. So Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, just search two blokes in a pod as one word. One word. We're going to be going ham with the videos. Get ready. And um, very soon, very, YouTube very soon, our YouTube yeah. is coming. Get ready. Um, but for now, check out our TikTok. Make sure you get on it because yeah. we've got big things happening. Be so good. Kieran, Beautiful. thank you. Thank you. Oh. You have been an absolute pleasure to Love talk that. with. Love that. Um, and your energy is just second to none, man. It's thank you. Uh, mate, We could have been hours here, honestly. Oh, mate, for sure. Hours. We've done like six hours, yeah. I'll see you back on the uh, dance floor at the Titans... Uh, Dinner out of this year. I hope. I hope I have to swing past, boys. Like, surely, surely, surely they should again. introduce a gents' night or something, right? No, but no. Did you go to the poker night though? No, I didn't. No, that I was, was the best fucking night ever. They yeah, had strippers and everything. It was wild. Oh wow! Okay, I better come to the yeah, next one then. It was the fucking maybe best. that is the gents' night oh, now. I, I yeah. might happen just. I just might just walk down to the club rooms. Yeah, I think down the yeah, yeah. Way it was the best. <laughs> oh, so good. It was the best. Wow, there you go. There okay, all right. I don't know how to play poker, but I'll go. No, neither did I. I lost all my money. Okay, killer. All right. Thank you, man. Again, really man. appreciate thank it. You. Thank you. Stamati, thank you very much. Another episode down. down. We will be back with more next week. I'm not going to tell you what's happening next week because I reckon we're going to get really excited about that. Um, but for now, I'm very excited about what we've just done. Fuck yeah. So am I. So, thanks, guys. Thank you.